going back, I would say, look, dude, listen to what they're saying. They've been there or your teammates have been there. So you need to not be so selfish, get your head out of your ass and figure out what you need to do by listening to them. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Next Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio, majoring in business marketing with a minor in data analytics. I also play football for the Battling Bishops with a love for sports and entrepreneurship. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to share the knowledge and advice of sports figures and entrepreneurs with all of you. Just about every week, I try to bring on a guest who is viewed as a leader and motivator in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, business, and just life in general. A new episode is released every single Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss Motivation Monday at the end of each episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1. If you want to contact the Roughnecks Podcast about potential sponsorship or collaboration, then message us on social media or email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Shout out to Dante Fair for the podcast music introduction and PNH Studio for the logo. Now let's get into this week's show. Welcome back to the Roughnecks Podcast. This is episode 31, and we're continuing with our commitment segment. Joining me this week is another Ohio Wesleyan battling bishop. Last week, we had a current player for OWU. Joining me this week, we have a former player, just graduated a year ago. Welcome to the Roughnecks Podcast, Mr. Justin Lowry. What's going on? Not much, man. I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I'm glad uh, you're one of those that also asked to come on, said something about coming on, and you know, I always ask, every time somebody says that, I said, what do you have to offer? But you definitely think I think you have something to offer. And I'm excited for today's uh, talk. Dude, I'm pumped. I think you're now the fourth person from that group chat that we had in college to join. So you're uh, you're following some outstanding, outstanding performances from Mr. Yurik, Big Hunt and Bon Bon. So but he Bonner had multiple appearances. So you, you do have a little bit of pressure considering uh, they all had some good episodes. That's all right. I like the competition. <laughs> Just to start, we haven't talked much since COVID took away fucking yeah. everything from us. So uh, what have you been up to? Give the Roughnecks listener a little background of who you are and, you know, update on since you've graduated since from OU. Yeah, so um, I went to Ohio Wesleyan. So my plan was to become a history teacher. I thought the idea of, you know, having summers off and coaching high school football was like the greatest thing ever. And then about two weeks in student teaching, I said, this is not for me. I was like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. It was, I felt like it was real repetitive. I felt like three kids out of the whole day were actually like kind of paying attention. Like, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I'm probably not like the most entertaining guy in the world, but you know, I feel like, I feel like some, I, it was just not what I expected it to be. And so um, I ended up running into a family friend of ours. He's the head U.S. Marshal of Northeast Ohio. And then I ran into a family friend who's a suburban cop outside of Cleveland. And I ended up talking to them. They said, man, why don't you try to get law enforcement? You know, it's it's the complete opposite of teaching. It's 
something new every day. You're, you're helping people like what you kind of want to do. And it's just like you go into work and you don't know what, what's going to happen. And so I did a couple of ride-alongs. Um, I got to hang out with the marshals for a day, which was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to do a couple of ride-alongs to a couple of different police departments. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. You know, like going yeah. from call to call, like just, it was, it was wild. You know, like we had a guy who like had Alzheimer's and he pulled his gun on his neighbor's dog. And it was like ready to shoot. And like we had to come off and then we had to take all his guns away. And they're like, hey, come on. You get, like I had to go in the house and carry out like all these guns. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> what is happening like, right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then and then like 20 minutes later, some kid like gets in a fight at a bowling alley and we had to go break it up. Like I was like, this is crazy. There's always know? something different. You never yeah, know what to expect. Never know what to expect. And I was like, this is awesome. So then after I graduated college, um, I enrolled into uh, a police academy in Lorraine Community College. I just graduated there in February, and um, I'm currently pursuing a job. I got some things in the works right now. So hopefully in the next couple months, I'll, I'll be suited up and ready to roll. Love to see it. I appreciate people like you that are willing to do that because, I mean, you're literally putting your life on the line every single day at work. You never, like you said, you never know what's going to happen. And especially yeah. in today's world where honestly cops are looked at down upon sometimes so i'm not going to side one way or the other i'm not going to be that guy but like it's 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 not a profession i feel like that's not people don't as much want to get into anymore because of all the backlash on top of it but there is still people out there and we need cops there's no denying that we don't need cops so no yes absolutely and you know like people like i actually like don't like telling people i'm a i'm trying to be a police officer just because of that reason you know, I'll be like, I, I'm in the union. That's what, like, if people yeah. ask, oh, what do you do? I, I'm in the union. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of yeah. funny. But like, if I actually start talking to people, I'll be like, yeah, I'm actually trying to become a police officer. He's like, what makes you want to do that? And I like give them the whole background. And then I'll be like, they'll like, well, what do you think of blah, blah, blah. I'll be yeah. like, okay, well, like, obviously, like, this was wrong. But like, like, there's two sides to every story. Yeah. I think it's, there's a lot of things that go into things. And so 100%. As you know, our topic throughout this month is commitment. And it's something that I think sometimes people don't take as serious as they might say they do. Like a lot of people don't truly commit to things, which has been a top, like a big conversation of this month. But first, I'm going to ask you on this topic is why did you commit to OWU? Because everybody has a different reason, so, sort of, that I ask, but it's also yeah. along the same lines of sometimes the same response. So why did you commit to OWU? It was probably about my junior year. I got a call from Watts and he was just saying like, Hey, uh, we saw your film. We like what you can do. Why don't you come? We have a junior day visit. Why don't you come check us out? I said, all right. You know, I don't, I don't know. And so like, um, I ended up just going down there. Me and my mom went down and my mom was asking, I, I ended up touring with Bo the whole time. And, <laughs> um, and my mom probably asked Bo like a hundred million questions, but I was like, as soon as I got in there, I was like, man, this is like a cool place. Like, I'm not like a big, like, like if I went to like Ohio State, I would have been lost. Like I probably yes. would have slunked out. Honestly, I probably would have been in the bars like, like <laughs> four or five days a week, you know, like, and I liked how Watts had a good structure to his program. I liked how it was like, there was coaches like class checking, you know, and you people would shoot texts like, hey, Ward's standing outside of class, get to class. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, I need to run in. And then, but like, I like that, you know, I, I mean, at the time I was like, if I was running a couple minutes late, you know, I didn't like it, but 
you know, I like that. I needed that structure because that's just kind of how I work. I need structure. And if I don't have like a set rhythm kind of going, or if I don't have a set plan of what I'm doing, I, I feel lost. And that's just not how I go about things. So I like that. And then I like the feel of campus. The coaches were real easy to talk to. You know, I had some uh, some colleges, like I never even got to talk to the head coach yet. You know, Watts was calling me like a couple of days a week, like asking like me how school, asking me how school was going or um, how football was going or just like in general, like how life was going. So I really liked it. Like I, I connected with them on a personal level. And, you know, I played against Watts high school, so we got to talk <laughs> a lot of trash. But no, that's that's pretty much the big reason. I felt comfortable going there. I, I liked the people, and it was honestly like the coaches and just like the feel for everything. That's, that's pretty much why I committed Obu. I give a lot of credit to the coaches. Cause like, like you said, like Watts checking in all the time and like Watson Ward came to one of my basketball games, my senior year of high school. Like they didn't need to do that. I was already committed. I'm pretty sure. So like there was literally no point, but it was right down the road and they just came, but it's like, it makes you feel like you have, like you, sh- you are a part of a family before you're even a part of that family in a way. Yes, absolutely. So, but I'm going to ask you this then, what does it mean to you to truly commit to play football and really any sport in that matter. I mean, because to commit to play sports at the D3 level is a whole different commitment and to us in a sense, because you're not getting paid. Like, you know, there's no scholarship and it's, I mean, you have to love the game and it's pretty much a job. Like it's a full-time you're like during camp, it's 10 hours of the day. You're doing football. Absolutely. And before so, you came, we had two days, my freshman, we had two days. And that was yeah. brutal. I, I've heard, and I'm so glad. I, I'm glad those got taken away right before I came. But so what does it but, mean to you uh, to truly commit to play any sports? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, and you see all your buddies, like, at, like, Kent State or OU, Ohio State, and you're just, like, they're partying on Wednesday night. You're, like, they're hanging out with a bunch of girls, and you're just, like, Oh crap, you know, the Thursday and lifts are coming, you're just like, you know, this blows, you know, yeah. or like, you know, you gotta like your day is like in season, you wake up at 6 a.m., you go work out, you go to class, you get lunch, you watch film, you go, you might not even get like to go back to your room at all that day. You know, you gotta bring all your stuff with you. And then you go to the trainers, then you go to practice, then you go to uh study tables, you have study tables. Like your day's like 12 plus hours mm-hmm. and so um i mean committing it's it's hard it's definitely hard just because you know i'm to me like studying i gotta sit down it's like hours on end just to like really get a little section of homework done um so I, there was plenty of times where i definitely wanted to quit there's definitely times like my freshman year i came in i didn't know anybody i didn't know a single person except for the coaches um i hated my roommate hated that guy ready to kill him. <laughs> The defense hated me because I smoked Harv like fourth day of practice. I got to fight fifth day of practice. Mason Tom was coming up to me saying, and he was like, 16, you're fucked. I was like, oh, no, like, I'm 18 years old. These guys are grown men. I was like, holy crap. Like, this is intense. You know, I was like, I was like, my, I ain't going back. Like, this sucks. And then, you know, she was just like, just try one more semester. And I came back for the spring semester. And I was like, I started connecting with the guys a lot more. I started like creating bonds with people. And honestly, that's what, that's what, that's what made me commit. You know, you, you, you get your breaks, you, you have your hard times, but like you look at everybody else and you're like, you know what, they're doing the same thing as me. Why can't I finish this out? Or like you, you committed to this team, you finished with this team. Like there's a lot of people that come in freshman year and leave. Oh, and that's been what it, 
what do they do? You know, they go home, they work like a, they work in drug mart or they get like a construction job and like, you know, they're just like, you could have, you could have just busted it out for three more years, got your degree. And then you could have been living, you know, I yeah. mean, whatever you want to do, you could have been doing whatever you wanted to do instead of, you know, if this is hard for just a little bit, you know? So committing to me was not more personal on myself. It was more of committing to other people. Like I felt like I owed other people to get things done, get, get to the classroom, work hard, you know, like get in the, get in the weight room. So, I mean, if I wasn't tight with the rest of the team, committing to playing a sport in general would not have been part of me. Like if I played an individual sport, I probably would not have played, but being a part of the team, that's how I committed to the sport. It's a, it's a, that first semester when you're a freshman coming in, you know, nobody that it's a hard semester because you get that rude awakening one, this isn't high school football anymore. And two, these aren't high school classes anymore. Like everything, you don't know anybody. You don't just, some people are lucky enough to just get friends right away. I luckily had a roommate I liked, so it worked out a little better for me, but like you still, I think every athlete at one point or another wants to quit because I mean, on it, let's be real. It, it, sports are not easy. It's hard. It's, and there's a lot of sacrifice that you have to make. And that's one thing that I always think of when I think of commitment too, like it comes with sacrifice. You have to be willing to give up some things if you're going to commit to something. Oh, for sure. I mean, I sacrificed. There was, I remember there was two weeks straight where I had a paper due on Thursday. And I obviously knowing myself, I procrastinated. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. But like, this was really dumb. I would stay up until there was two weeks in a row where I got 45 minutes of sleep of sleep mm-hmm. and then i went and 6 a.m list like I, my dad was just like you all right dude and i was like dad i got like 45 minutes to sleep like the past like three days and he was like well not like that but it was just like i'm saying like yeah. i was barely sleeping and i was like i wasn't even like making sense at that point and he was just like oh this is like tough i was like yeah it is this sucks yeah it, so- it's a pain in the ass like because I I hate hearing non-athletes sometimes complain about I didn't have enough time and I'm like you didn't have enough time like we I didn't get out of practice till 8 30 by the time I showered at 8 it's already 9 30 and now I'm gonna have time to start my homework like oh. we don't you don't have time because like right after class you got meetings and then you got practice and then you by the time you get done it's already you're ready for bed but you don't have a choice you have a paper that's due the next day oh yeah I remember like right after the season and senior year, I was chilling. When I mean chilling, I had nothing to do and it was unreal. Me and Crusty were sitting there, I was just like, dude, what do we do? Like, <laughs> like what like what are we supposed to do? The me and Dan just had that realization, like, because our season just ended not too long ago. And that yeah. like that first week we're sitting there and like the one day I, he's like, I feel like I have to be somewhere. Like, he's like, I don't, like, something's not right. Like, I shouldn't just be sitting here. Like, it, it's weird, like, once that finally ends that you're like, is this what it's like to not play sports? Like, I have all this time in the world. So much time. It's unreal. I, w- I never knew how much football took up until I, like, I stopped playing. So. It's crazy. It's definitely- That's why I say it's like, it's like having a job. Playing a sport, especially at the college level, is like having a full-time job. I think it's even harder. Like I had a full-time job now. It's definitely harder. You know? <laughs> I mean, I work. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely different. 
So what does it mean to you? I'm going to ask you this though, because we just talked a little bit about it, like procrastinating and it's with the academic side. What do you, how do you truly commit academically as a student? Because that's, it's hard, especially as an athlete to want to commit because really your main thing, every, most athletes, their main thing is their sport they're playing. And it's hard to sacrifice that time of, Oh, I could just go play hang out with friends after practice or whatever, but instead of doing this paper. So what does it mean to commit academically as a student to you? Um, so committing academically, I don't know. The way I look at it is like, nobody wants to seem dumb. You know, nobody wants to be like, I don't know. The only way I looked at it was like, you know, if I don't do good in school, I feel like a loser. You know, everybody else is doing good. Why can't I do good? You know? And so that's when I like looked at other people, like, you know, I had zero motivation in school. I have a reading disability. School comes very hard for me, you know? I, like, just to study, I, like, study, like, weeks on end prior to the test, and I still come out with, like, a B minus, you know? And so um, committing to school was very difficult just because it was, I mean, football was, like, a sense of relief compared mm -hmm. to school, you know? And so um, I think... Uh, committing academically was one of the most difficult things I've probably ever done in my life. So when I was probably about second or third grade, I took a, like a written test and I found out that I had a reading disability. And so um, they told me like, Hey, they told my, me and my parents, um, like the whole school, they sat down with intervention specialists. They sat down with like a couple of my teachers and the principals. And they said, look, we don't think uh, Justin's made for college. And so I think he should just probably focus on, uh, going to trade school and so uh, like that like my mom's pissed she was like you can't tell me what my kid can't do like she was going off on him and then that really stuck with me I was really young but that still stuck with me because it didn't just sit well and I was kind of like young and naive and I didn't really understand like what that meant you know once I got older I was like man they really did not like have a lot of faith in me they didn't really think highly of me and that really bothered me and so that that like helped me um kind of create a vision sports kind of came easy to me because I got a good feel for like uh just being part of the team I got a good I, I was athletic I was one of the more athletic kids in my grade and my school and so sports came easy but then I was going to tutors after after class or I was like trying to find the smartest kid in class I'm like hey can we study together you know and so um if I didn't struggle in school so much I definitely would not have worked harder on the field and so once I started to learn how I learned was like kind of getting competitive with competing with people for grades, then I was like, okay, let me create a vision here. What do I want to do with my life? So then once I um, created that vision, I was like, I want to go to college. I want to be the first in my family to go to college. Um, so I, but I want to play football because I need the structure. So I was like trying to work everything I could. I was going to every camp. I was going, putting, sending film out to every college I could think of. And so once I chose Owu, I was like, all right, now I got to find the smartest kid. And then I found out the kids at Owu are ridiculously smart. And so um, I was like, all right, let me find like a medium. Person. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so then I, uh, I just try to surround myself with good people. Like Joe, Joe, super smart guy. I would always try to like pick his brain. Harvey, great guy, super smart. Always try to pick his brain. I'd always just sit down with people at the tables like Shane Quinn or um twins because you know they were, they were workers you know I, I wanted 
I wanted to work with them, see how they did things and compete with them for grades. Committing to academics was very difficult for me, but if I did not create a vision on what I wanted to do and slowly build on and compete for grades, that's not, I wouldn't have been able to commit the way I, the way I did. Is that how you commit? I was going to ask you how you commit to things yourself. Like, how do you take about, say, all right, I need to commit to this. I need to do this. What What's your thought process when you're going through something like that? When I commit to something, I find I need to have a little motivation for it. You know, you can't, you can't commit to something and be like, this sucks, you know, you know, because you can't say it sucks, but like, you can say it sucks, but you can't think of it as in like, I hate this. Right. So when I commit to something, I find some motivation. So that's why I say I compete for something. I look at a goal and I try to conquer it. You know, I try to, I take real small goals. All right. So I have, I have this paper due on next Wednesday. All right. Let me get a rough draft and sh- send it to the professor four days prior to advance, you know? So then I get the rough draft and I send it in. Should, he or she will tell me what it is. So then that's the first goal I, I accomplished that goal already. All right, let me get um, this uh, second rough draft and then I'll bring it to the writing center, see it, see what grammar mistakes I need to do. And I'll get that done in two days, right? So that's the second goal. By that time, my paper is probably pretty much finished at that point. I just need to make a couple of here changes here and there. So then by the time I'm ready to turn in, it's all ready to rock and roll and I'm day done with it. You know what I mean? So I always try to com- create small goals, accomplish them, and then that builds on to making the final. So you basically, you have like small goals that all lead to one big goal in a way. Correct. That's, yeah. that's how, I, that's how I work. That's how I'm built. That's, that's actually I a really I'm, good thing too, because like you, you can't just do make big jumps. You can't, you know, climb ladders with a giant spaces in between you, those small steps are the more important steps to the overall goal itself. Yeah. There's no way I, I, I if you look at my goals, like I, my goals are really small. Like, I just, I don't know why I feel good when I accomplish a goal. So like, I like, I don't know, like today, like, I'm like, all right, you know what? I got to go for a run. I got to get my laundry done. I got to prep for the week, my meals and get get another small workout in. So, I mean, just today I've created, I've accomplished like three goals just today. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, for the rest of this week, my laundry's already done. I don't have to make any more meals. That already makes me feel better throughout the week. I'm, I'm I can just hang out, you know? Yeah. Cause I so, feel like those small goals, like when you accomplish those small goals, it makes you want to keep going. It makes you want to do a little more, like keep going with the yeah. next goal, the next goal. And then because you get that sense of like that pride that like, Oh, I did this. Like I, you feel better about yourself. Yes. And it's, I think that's an easy way to commit to something, you know, you accomplish some small things. You're like, all right, you know, I can do this. You know, it gives you a little confidence booster. You're, you're, you, you get the, the wheels turning and then you start building up. And then next thing you know, you're, you're the head of honcho. You're the top guy. You're getting things done. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that in your work life. You can do that just in your everyday life, your workouts or whatever, you know, I, I, that's, I'm a very goal oriented person. So when I, I also like try to like create positive goals mentally, you know? So, all right, you know what, if I hear myself saying, like the word, this sucks. You know what? I, I try to stop myself, erase that on my head, and then get rolling with something else. You know, I'd be like, all right, you know what? It's done for a little bit. You know, you can do anything you want for like 25 minutes, or like this workout is going to be like two hours long. All right, you know what? It's two hours out of your day. There's 24 hours. You know what I mean? So I I try to change things positive, change negative to, into positives. What do you think stands in the way of? 
maybe yourself or just in general of people committing or like when they fail their commitments, what is it do you think that is the biggest issue and how does someone avoid that or get past that? So the way I think people are wired nowadays, just with everything like technology and I I think technology is a big part of it, but um, I think it's a, we want things now. So when somebody goes, oh, I want to lose like 10 pounds for vacation. They go to working out twice or three times and they're sore and it hurts and they're out of shape and they say, this sucks, you know, but I want to lose weight now. That's not how life works at all. You know what I mean? So they go, oh, you know what? I haven't lost a pound in three days. This isn't working. And so then they're like, whatever, you know what? I'll look chubby for vacation. You know what I mean? I think people give up too quickly nowadays. And I think the way, if people could not have the procrastination or not procrastinate, uh, they need the patience to be able to just kind of like, that's why I said create a vision, right? So you create a vision, you look at things and you say, all right, what can I do to accomplish this goal today, right? So you go to the gym, you work out and say, you know what? I don't want to step on the scale for another two weeks, right? So you don't step on the scale for two weeks. You go work out for two weeks straight. Maybe you lost like three pounds. Who knows? You know what I mean? And then you feel a little better about yourself. So I think if you set small goals to the big goals, like I said earlier, um, with like, okay, like we're talking about losing weight, right? And so I think you go into the goal saying, all right, you know what? I want, I want to lose 10 pounds. I go to the gym and I talk to a trainer. Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. What do you think I should do? He says, you need to do this, this, and this. All right. So you break down the first goal. You break it down. You know what? You need to get eight hours of sleep every day. You need to eat your vegetables, um, have a well-balanced meal, and you need to take out Coke out of your life. Because you love drinking Coke. You know what I mean? So... Go go to the store, you pass the Coke aisle. Oh man, you know what? Maybe I'll buy a couple Cokes this week, right? So then you go buy a couple Cokes and then you're like, you know what? I'm just not gonna do it anymore. Because that's what happens, you know. They don't, they don't, it, it's just, I don't know. That's the way I think things people are very impatient. People things don't happen right away. People don't want to trust the process. They want it to just like we live technology is the big reason for that, like you said, like. Everything comes to, we can look up something at the tip of our finger. Like we could just say it to our phone and it'll pull it up. And, or, you know, I need to give you some money. I can literally send it over my phone like that. Like if I don't have cash, oh, on yeah. it, it, like, it's crazy. It, it just, it, it, it's technology is a great thing for society, but also a bad thing for society. Yeah. You need a well-balanced technology lifestyle, which right now I probably should take the phone out of life a little bit more and i i should too i think everybody could use to do it my because like my big thing i wake up every morning and what's the first thing that most people do they look at their phone and it's it's one of those things i've talked to some people like i know some people who will not sleep with their phone in the room because then it like that's not the first thing they're doing when they wake up and it's a little hard for me to do that in my dorm room but like, and that's the thing too, yeah. is it's plugged in right beside me. So it's like, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of spots I could put it, but I'm like, it, it's crazy that that's the first thing we do in the mornings is look at our phone, who texted us or oh, what Instagram message do I have or this and that. And instead of like waking up and maybe, you know, like 
just sitting there for a second and like just waking up instead of just being like a oh, screen. Okay. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard yeah. thing to do because it is a hard thing to do or like the endless scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, like at night when you're sitting there, that's another thing people, that's the last thing they do before they go to bed. A lot of times yeah. they're on their phone. I'm, I'm always going through Twitter. It, it's bad. I get bad. It's bad. So what does it mean to you to commit to yourself? Because I feel like that's something that everybody needs to do is they have to commit to themselves. You can commit to other people and it is good to commit to other people, but you also have to be able to commit to yourself. So how do you, how would you commit to yourself or how do you commit to yourself? So the way I commit to myself, um, working out, that's the biggest thing for me. I think committing to myself physically, it makes me feel better mentally and obviously makes me feel better physically, but I don't know. I go to the gym. I just feel way better about myself. And I just started boxing actually, you know, I, literally like a week and a half ago and it's a brand new challenge. I am terrible at it. I didn't know how much you have to do in boxing. It was unreal. I watched, I go to the same gym, uh, Stipe, the UFC fighter. Yeah. Um, he works out at so i started going to the same gym as him and those you there's like six other ufc fighters in there and there's um like there's professional boxers in there i'm watching those guys i'm like holy crap that is intense you know yeah and you know you start getting kind of good at something it makes you feel a little better you know and i think it makes me have a little bit more confidence in myself you know I walk around with my chest pumped out a little bit more and <laughs> my head up a little higher so that's the way i commit to myself um i'm all about learning new things with having a challenge uh trying to accomplish something i like going to the gym and people helping me but you know i look at it and it's it's not only going to help me like just feel better but you know in my profession you know i mean i'm probably not gonna have to box somebody but you know I'm, <laughs> i probably end up gonna have to like throw some punches at some point in my life as a police officer or you know i, I want to transition into like jujitsu or something like that I wrote a statistic where if you are proficient in combat fighting, you have a 65% more chance, less likely to pull your weapon. I read that. I was like, huh, you know, that probably could help out a lot of people nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Law enforcement world. So yes. I was like, all right. So then I looked up the gym and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to get good at this. And I go to the first class. I'm terrible, but you know what? It felt good. I felt really good about myself. Well, that's the thing too. Like you said, you were terrible, but like everybody who first started, it was always terrible. Like no one's, yeah, there's some people, some exceptions, you're better at it than others. But like, usually you, when you first start doing something, like when I first started playing football, we weren't like, I wasn't good. I didn't know what I was doing exactly. I was just athletic and ran around and that's pretty much it. But you didn't, you weren't really good. Like you weren't there. I was by no means NFL level. Like that's the thing. Like you, with those types of things you have to build up it's those small steps you have to work your way each day to getting a little bit better at each day at a time oh yeah you know and so i think that's how that's how i commit to myself you know i just want to be a better person be a better individual look better feel better you know working out i mean it sucks it hurts it's not fun at the time but you know afterwards i feel better i feel good about myself and you know at the end of the day learning some combat fighting is going to probably say save my life for other people's lives. So that's, that's another way I look at it. That'll, that'll make me feel better committing myself to help others. So. So if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Oh, one thing, man. That, I would tell myself a lot. So, <laughs> uh, I'd probably tell myself to not smash my head into something or <laughs> hmm, one thing I would probably have. If I told myself one thing, it would definitely trust others more. Um, such as the coaches or like my teammates 
Um, so there was times where I was like, I'm going to look out for myself. I'm going to do me, focus on me. They can do whatever they want. You know, there was, there was like one summer I didn't do four as workouts. You know, I did my own stuff and, you know, it really showed, you know, I, I didn't go into campus, go to shape or I didn't like, I, I wasn't catching all the passes. I would I start dropping the depth chart and that messed with me me- mentally. So I think me going back, I would say, look, dude, listen to what they're saying. They've been there or your teammates have been there. So you need to not be so selfish, get your head out of your ass and figure out what you need to do by listening to them. So that's pretty much what I would say is to tell myself to focus on um, what they're saying, take their advice, not be so self-centered because there's times where I was pretty selfish throughout my college career. I wanted, I wanted the quarterback to throw me the ball, you know, instead of what's best for the team or I wanted the numbers, but then kind of when I started changing, it was like really my senior year. Um, I like wanted what's best for the team. And if you look kind of at the stats, I, my stats were the best I ever had. You know, I mean, so that's, that's how I kind of, uh, that's what I would say to myself for sure. That's a, that's a thing too, that just, that just comes with growing up. We all are at one, uh, we all go through that stage where we're just, all we care about is ourselves. We don't care about anybody else. I guarantee my mom probably still says I'm in that stage. I can probably guarantee that's what she'd say. But like, as you get older, you start to realize like, it's not all about you. It, it's, a, it's a hard thing to realize. And sometimes you don't even realize how selfish you're being until like way after the point. And then you're like, wow, like I was that selfish. I was that, that person. But it, it comes with a whole growing up thing. I feel like is as you get older, you start to realize, you know, more things to like oh i'm being selfish i need to like take it down a notch or something like that oh for sure for sure 100 I, I like looking back i didn't even know i was being selfish and then like i really like looked myself in the mirror i was like holy crap dude like the hell's wrong with you yep i've been there done that yes so what are the goals of justin lowry going forward and how are you committing to them so the goals i have so right now it's to find find a job <laughs> uh, so no, I got a couple things going for me, a couple uh, departments that um, are looking pretty good. So my first thing is I'll have to get through FTO, which is field training officer. It's like three months long. It is very stressful. You are graded every minute of every day you are working. And so it is literally like you are getting just like you're sitting in the, the cruiser with a 25-year vet and he is going to critique you on everything. And, you know, at any moment, Anything can happen. Things could switch, like change with the snap of a finger, you know? And so your report writing has to be on top of things. You doing whatever, you have to do whatever they say pretty much. So that, that's the next goal is really just get through that. So those, those are like kind of my, my, my small goals. So every day I'll come in, I'll be like, all right, you know what? I got to do this better, this better, this better. And so I, all right, I, I kind of, I'm kind of getting this now. Let's, let's, let's up it up a little bit. I, I could, I got to be able to, I don't even know yet really, to be honest with you. I, I just make small goals because I haven't really got there yet. So, and so then after that, my next goal is to get involved with this unit. So there's uh, some departments, they have horseback unit. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'd probably try to get into detective or canine unit. I think that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, and then um, after that, I definitely want to get into a uh, super, uh, like a uh, supervisor role. So either a sergeant, lieutenant, 
uh, maybe captain. Who knows? Maybe I'll even be a chief one day. I don't know. But <laughs> who would have thought me, right? <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. That's the thing. Like you said, things can change at the snap of a finger. It doesn't matter what it is. Things can change quickly. Absolutely. No. So yeah, I just kind of want to work my work my way up in the department. I would like to try to go federal at some point because I do have the college, but that's, that's kind of, that's a little difficult, but who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my goal right now is just try to get myself in the department, make a good name for myself, work hard, do what I got to do, keep myself safe and everyone else safe. So I'm going to do a challenge. I've been doing it. I did it last week with Ben Warden. I'm doing it myself. I call it the Roughnecks 30. You can do whatever you want. Call it whatever you want. I don't care. I've actually committed to four things for the entire month personally. And you don't have to do like these four things. I want you to come up with something on your own. But my thing is I'm reading at least 10 pages a day. Uh, journaling, drinking a gallon of water, and quitting nicotine. So I am. Oh, look at you! I know. Yeah. See, you were one of the people that know. Like I, uh, that, when it came to chew, I was doing that it. All the time. Was a, that was a hit for you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on day 20 of no nicotine. I did. Whoa, mess, I did. That's it's. Uh, I'm happy about it. There's. I definitely have my some days where I'm like. Uh, but then I, I, I haven't done it. And because I, my, friend, my friends from back home ask me all the time, they're like, you cave in yet? I'm like, nope, because I've quit multiple times. And this is the first time I think I'm actually, I, well, I am truly sticking to it. But I'm currently on day 15, even though today's the 18th when we're recording. But because I did fail and I could have just easily either been like, ah, oh, whatever, it's just today. I decided just to restart. So I'm going to ask you to commit to something at least for the rest of the month or 30 days or whatever. Whatever you want to do, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's up to you. All right. I can do that. So, but now it's time for the best segment of the podcast, which is Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is where I'll get to let my Roughnecks guest give our Roughnecks listeners a little bump for their Monday morning as they listen to help set the tone for their week. Let's hear what you got for Motivation Monday. All right, so I'm going to ask everybody who's listening to this, what do you want to accomplish in your life? Create a vision, look at where you want to be, and then start creating goals and accomplishing them. That's so good. that's the full motivation, create goals, accomplish it, knock them out. Knock well, I mean, them out the, you, you always have to start with a vision. You can't just be like, I want to do this. Like, There's always a reason for why you want to do something. That's why I've gone through this monthly topic idea of almost like telling a story, like, January was inspiration because there's an inspiration behind everything that you do in your life. And then February was passion because after that inspiration, you start to grow a passion for it. And I'm not saying these are the correct order things happen. Like there's a ton of different ways things happen, but then um, March was mindset where you start to like, you put your mind to it. You determine you have an attitude about what it is and you grow on how you feel about it. And then now we're doing commitment because you got to commit to that thing. Like you can't just, say, I want to do something and then not do it. Like if you don't do it, then you, then you weren't truly committed to doing it. So it's, uh, that I like, you have to have a vision before you can commit really. Yes. So that's my little motivation for everybody is to find, find your vision, get to where you want to be and accomplish those goals. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode 31 of the rough next podcast. Thank you, Lowry, for coming on. We will find out if you can beat Joe and Chris and Coyle in terms of views. Hey, let's get let's get it rolling out.
I'm, I'm pumped. I don't know. Uh, Bonner has, I think, the third best episode of all time. So he's uh, right, he's we'll got see. some views, but we'll it, see. We'll it, see. All it's right, possible. We'll it's possible. Yeah, we'll I got a sticker for you. I got a sticker for all my guests. If you yeah. I'll get that to you. I gotta figure. I got a lot to figure out about the stickers, but um, if you're not already, <laughs> follow the Roughnecks podcast on our socials. We are on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast, Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1, but now on Facebook. You can find us at Roughnecks Podcast. Thank you for supporting my passion to this podcast. I just had a meeting this week, actually, with another big-time guest that is going to join the show in May. Just scheduled him to record on May 4th. Back-to-back episodes in the first two weeks of May that are going to be featuring some really cool people. Um, This one was a – he was a bronze medalist in the Paralympics. And then I just actually landed someone two days ago who has over 740,000 TikTok followers. So if you're on TikTok and you guys, you ever seen this guy that says hard hitting quotes, part whatever. Yeah, that guy agreed to come on. Super pumped about that. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss those. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave a rating and a review. And if my list, if you, any of my listeners have any guest ideas or you yourself want to be a guest, shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter or any of our socials or email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out my TikTok, which features all Roughneck stuff at Cole Nixon 3. And that's it for this week. But you know the deal. Grab the bull by the horns. Only you can take control of your life. Commit to something and stick to it. Not tomorrow, but today. Until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.